0: Right now, you're probably managing a virtual or hybrid team. Not only has that become a reality for many of us, and it is here to stay, but it is also now clear that virtual teams have some clear advantages. Yet, you may be wondering why it seems harder to keep your team spirit intact, to keep your team members motivated, and to ensure that people are fully engaged in meetings while contributing their best ideas. Also, you may wonder why it seems harder in the virtual realm to have difficult conversations and have them skillfully. In other words, while you definitely can transfer some of your existing team leadership skills to a virtual or hybrid realm, some things are just harder. For instance, when was the last time you felt the joy of togetherness? and how to manage virtual collaboration between teams when everybody seems to be more siloed than ever. These are sticky challenges, and I have just the right person for you to offer some thoughtful solutions. Monica Mason at Oxford International. Monica is very thoughtful about all things leadership and management, and she showcased her strengths once again when she recently participated in the first Course offering that my consulting practice, Five Oaks Consulting, is offering to the social sector. Guess what? It's on virtual team leadership skill essentials. Hear what Monica has to offer so that you too can invest in your virtual team leadership skills essential tools for advancing your career and essential tools to keep your team happy and productive. Hello, and welcome to NGO Soul & Strategy, the podcast for NGO leaders and managers who look change right in the eye. My name is Tosca Bruno van Vijweigen, and I'm the Founder and Principal Consultant at Five Oaks Consulting. I have over three decades of experience helping leaders in civil society manage change, invest in cutting-edge leadership development, lead organizational culture change, in strength and strengthen effectiveness. I'm also a thought leader on these issues, including as co-author of the book Between Power and Irrelevance: The Future of Transnational NGOs, which is read by civil society leaders across the globe. If you are such a leader and want to look change right in the eye, this podcast is for you. everybody good day this is tosca at ngo soul and strategy and i am excited i am i have back in the room with me monica masson of oxfam international and i'm going to interview monica this time about virtual team leadership and we'll explain to you in a moment why that is so monica welcome
1: Thank you, Tosca. Well, uh, I'm really excited also to uh, to have this conversation because it's also a way to reflect again. And uh, yeah, yeah. And I so know you love that. I love that, Yeah,
0: yes, <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yes. And you're yeah. and you're very good in it. So let me explain a little bit why why I invited uh, Monica back to to the show. So first of all, Monica is the head of Oxfam International's change management and learning. She used to be the head of uh, organizational effectiveness in Oxfam, was at one point also the deputy director for change management, and also the head of change management of Oxfam Novib, that is the Dutch uh, affiliate of Oxfam. So as you can see, Monica is rock solid when it comes to change management, and she's also very uh, keen to always be reflective in um, in her praxis. And we are interviewing uh, Monica today in the context of the fact that our small team of freelance collaborators at Five Oaks Consulting has launched a new online course on virtual team leadership and the skills that are needed for that. And we call that course Post-Pandemic Virtual Team Leadership Essentials. And the first cohort that just took that course, that uh, included Monica. And I wanted to explore with one of the participants, some of the key um, findings and experiences that, that participants highlighted in the course. And Monica, as I said, you came to mind immediately because you have that rock solid background in change management, Well, you also were a very thoughtful participant. So I'm excited to learn from you. So Monica, for people to um, to, um, to kind of get to know you a little bit more, Tell us first in general, how did you come to managing and leading teams in general? And how did you come to managing hybrid and virtual teams? Something tells me well before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, that is correct. Thank you, Tosca. Yeah, uh, like you already said, uh, I have a long history in Oxfam. So, that cha- you know, there was first a change in when I was still working for Oxfam Novip from Uh, um, uh, not a management position into a a management position I then became regional director for southern Africa in a long time ago Uh, and um, uh, and then you know had several uh, management and and director's uh, functions and then moved into the change management uh, much more change leadership and also I changed I first did that in Oxfam Novib, um, so um, uh, leading and supporting quite strategic change in Oxfam Novib uh, because of the change of the funding of the Dutch government um, and then. You know, after uh, a number of years, I moved to Oxford International. And I think that is the moment. And I think that's already seven or eight years ago mm-hmm. um, that I, I moved a bit to, to virtual uh, team work um, because at that time, you know, I became part of the what is called the Oxford International Secretariat that had mm-hmm. some people in Oxford but also had, for instance, a colleague in Australia and uh, people in different other locations. So I think from that moment on, I started uh, working partially virtually, virtual. Um, but then, you know, there was always in combination also the presence. So at, in the beginning, I went once a week, once a month, sorry, uh, uh, to Oxford for a week, and then mm. uh, went back to the Netherlands where I'm based. Um, and um, yeah, and that gradually changed. But then there were always still, you know, the the team meetings either in Barcelona or in Nairobi, where from time to time you would meet your Oxford International colleagues, uh, and then in the in between you would continue working uh, on yeah virtual.
0: Yeah that makes uh, makes total sense so you have a total of at least about 8 years of experience with uh, managing and leading both hybrid and virtual teams and as we said before you're a specialist in change management and that is um, uh, why I wanted to also get a hold of you for this uh, podcast interview. Um, and listeners, if you're interested to learn from Monica's long experience in change management, then please I refer you back to uh, our podcast episode one, uh, which you can find on our website. Mm-hmm. So obviously, unlike you, a number of us have gotten a crash course in the practice of virtual. Um, often initially virtually and now gradually, perhaps hybrid forms of teams. Um, Kind of conceptually, how do you see the nexus, the link between change management and virtual or hybrid team leadership, both from an individual leader's perspective and from an organizational perspective? I'd just be interested in, in a few general thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's an interesting question, um, and for I think the core of my answer will probably be around um, how you look at leadership, uh, and um, mm. uh, because if you and and I think that was also part uh, of your of the of the course, um, sort of if you look at sort of leadership in these times, you know there is a lot of unexpected and change Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in that Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you know in the past sometimes you had to explain that but I think now with COVID eh, I think we've all learned that you know you you can have everything planned and uh, etc but in reality you know uh, uh, you have to adapt and I think that always has been the case, but only the level yeah, of of mm. change and where that change is taking place um, is different. Yeah? Because now, you know, the north yeah, is is really impacted by by that sudden change. But I think many of our colleagues in 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 countries like Ethiopia, uh, DRC, Mali, uh, sort of are dealing with that on, on a permanent basis. That that, that change of context, the change of situation. And I think as as, as leaders we need to, to be ready for that. And um, um and what I found interesting in, in the course, Tosca, that that you 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 led together with your colleague Ahmed, um is that sort of somewhere in the documentation they are talking of what is I think something like the what was it called? Uh, the fallacy of um, the fallacy of planning. The fallacy of planning, uh-huh.
0: um,
1: and for me, I think that is one of the yeah. I I, I really like that article um, uh, because I think, um, and especially in a in a sector like like where we are working as Oxfam and international cooperation, there's so much you know, not, uh, not expected uh, and planned ch- and change of context. So also we need to pl- plan and change as, as organization. So there are limitations to how much you can plan. And I'm not saying don't plan. Oh, of course you have to plan, but it's yeah. sort of, uh, so that's, there's for me is the, is the nexus between the two. So I think every leader needs some understanding and, 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 and experience and and, and vision on change and change management and, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. And I'm just going to interrupt myself for a moment. I realized that I forgot to mention something important. This is for full transparency. So while the course is obviously a product for which NGO leaders and managers have to pay, because this was the inaugural course, we decided to invite uh, a number of podcast guests uh, of the show who have um, appeared earlier to, to kind of trial run the course for free. And Monica is, is one of those um, uh, participants. So I want to be transparent about that. Um, so let's dive into some, not all, of the, the, the course topics that, that we, uh, we covered. Um, so there's a total of six or so big uh, themes in the course. And the last three are on resilience, conflict management in a virtual team context. And um, we wanted to offer a a little taster of what, since these are leaders and managers who take the course, how do they see strategically the employee experience uh, in INGOs and NGOs in in the longer term? So on that, Monica, I wanted to ask you each time, tell us, what did you, uh, what in, in from your perspective, is a is a big pain point, a difficult challenge, and what is one of the key lessons you took from the course or from your own pre-existing uh, knowledge? So let's start with resilience. What, in your experience, is a pain point when it comes to virtual or hybrid team leadership? With a focus on leadership and team leadership and your personal resilience and the team's resilience
1: yeah well what is a pain point um well I, I will try to zoom in a bit uh specific on the virtual context yeah, because the, uh, mm-hmm. because that uh is is part of the yeah, because there's there's it's you know, always an issue about, you know, resilience, etc. Yeah, yeah. And the two are interlinked. But let me zoom in a bit more on resilience in in virtual uh, teams. Um, well, I, I think sort of when when uh, uh, when we're working in in virtual teams, um, you see some general um, pain points, pitfalls, um, and one of them, and I think that is one that is. In Oxfam, in Oxfam and in INGOs in general, I think mm. one of the pitfalls is that we are very um, uh, focused on conversation. We are fo- very focused um, on on action um, and sort of the attention for relationships, the human, the question, you know, mm-hmm. um, is a challenge in general that mm. it was already pre- pandemic etc but if you're totally you know all your all the work the collaboration is happening virtual um uh, there's a risk of focusing so much on that content so you go from you if, if I look sometimes at my calendar you know it's four or five calls behind each other yeah and you go from one to one and you enter and you you go uh, do your business, um, do your business, and you move on. So I think you need to be real intentional about the 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 listening, um, asking questions about uh, people's background, the living situation where they are, how how COVID is is impacting yeah. in a specific country, etc. Because what you don't um, ask, you also don't see, <laughs> and that is the big difference between. You know working in a virtual team and in reality, you know, in in a non-virtual world, you see people, you see where they are, you see them in their office, you see them in their, you know, sometimes in the in the in the country they are living, when you visit them, but now you don't see all of that. So no. so I think that's really important. And um, um, so you really need purposefully to invest in relationships in the well-being and feeling mm. push back on the yeah the action-oriented content uh, etc
0: yeah. yeah oh brilliant and I loved your uh, your quote when you don't ask or what you don't ask about you will not see I love no. it um yeah and that's what we talk about in the course isn't it about this task orientation versus relationship orientation and that um counterintuitively uh, we need more focus on relationship um than even than in in face-to-face and co-located context but our the fact that we interact through our devices means that we become even actually more task oriented which is problematic so let's turn to conflict management what? In the virtual space, not an easy thing. What what in your experience is one of the pain points and what is one thing you took away from the
1: course? Yeah. Well, I think uh uh conflict um I think um in general, I think uh, uh in also in INGOs we like debate. And and etc. But the real conflicts sometimes we avoid. Mm. Um, but um, I think if you want to really, you know, uh, avoid a conflict because that, uh, or you really want to make it a productive conflict, uh, that it's co-creating uh, uh, something new. And sometimes conflict, you know, that you know can lead to something Absolutely. new inside. Uh, so so I'm not not at all against conflict, but it's it needs to lead to something. I think. Um, Is much more challenging in again in a virtual uh, context uh, because you you miss the body language you miss um, and you're also the, the, the spontaneous moment uh, where you know where you you feel you have a conflict with someone you walk into the office at a moment you know a Friday late afternoon where there's you know and you you walk in and you start eh, uh, mm. reflecting on 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 the conflict etc. I think that's that's much more difficult in a virtual world. Yeah. Um, so uh, it means you really need uh, uh, to look for the right moment. Uh, you need to create it very purposefully, uh, quite often. Um, uh, and and yeah, and then I think one of the biggest. Uh, problems I I have uh, in in uh, is is not the direct conflict because once there is a direct conflict you are more inclined to do something, but what you see often is, you know, uh, the conflict. You know the conflict is not outspoken, mm-hmm. you know, but, but pe- people you work with just you know they don't respond or they don't uh, participate in the call anymore, yeah. uh, they walk out because they say that, you know they have to go to another meeting or you know it's that avoidance, um, where I think which is the most challenging where you can't read whether that is a conflict or or tensions or whatever uh, or not. Um, so it means you need to much more to c- cross check, you know, you know, mm-hmm. are you, you know, um, is there a problem? Uh, are you angry with me or et cetera? Yeah. But I also noticed the other way around that I also, sometimes I think, okay, you know, I'm really irritated, but you know, I do the same, you know? Uh, so, so that's also, so yeah. So how do you do that? And um, yeah. And then interpersonal. The conflict solving is much more difficult because all the you know there are some great tools and, and techniques um, um, like deep democracy uh, 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 active listening etc mm-hmm. but what you see with these is that they often require silence for instance as a very powerful thing you know just mm-hmm. wait and listen and mm-hmm. to do that in an online call you know it's much more difficult and 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 it uh, so yeah so it, it is more more challenging and i think so to solve them i think and that's also what i think you introduced in in the in the course you need to be quite explicit in in the different steps so first acknowledging their tensions and there's and then uh, uh to really ask first then listen and then to summarize what you're hearing Mm -hmm. and then checking whether what you've heard is the right summary Mm -hmm. and and then going into the next step, et cetera. So, um, yeah, so, and that is with everything in the virtual world. Although you think it's very easy, you can just, you're running a call, you know, Uh, and uh, I think you can do it, but you need to really prepare well, think through in advance how you do it, et cetera. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then finally, um, the last um, element in the course is kind of a little bit of a strategic uh, look forward towards the new employee experience. What are the future oriented strategies that INGOs and NGOs need to employ to get ready for the post pandemic employee experience, which will consist of a lot more hybrid and virtual to the extent it didn't already have happen, but might have other elements as well. What is one question you have about the future of the employee experience in Oxfam post pandemic more broadly? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, first of all, I am, I'm living in the Netherlands and um, many of us thought we were almost post pandemic, but uh, the figures are going up again. So uh, the concept of post-pandemic, uh, for me, at uh, itself, is uh, is is, uh, is something to to reflect upon. What it's problematic. It's maybe. problematic, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, um, but yeah, let's let's assume you know uh, uh, the situation will improve or normalise or we get used to this new new context. Um, um, I think um, that um, in in oxham we will not go back to the same travel same level of traveling, uh, um, and and not only because of of COVID, but also because of our climate footprint. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, and also uh, because of a wider discussion about uh, decolonization of aid, where um, I think rightfully... Uh, you know, it, it is challenged whether you know all these so-called capacity building uh, trips are really needed uh, and adding value, and whether we shouldn't have more power and resources and decision making in the countries. So that is challenging. You know, the the yeah the 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 traveling and 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 etc. Yeah. So I think virtual teams and virtual collaboration will be. A more permanent, and I hope it will be a more permanent uh, um, reality. Um, but then, of course, the question is: How do you do that well? Uh, and how? And how do you make sure that people feel part of a team? And and uh, if they're not together, um, and um, um, how do we sure? Do we make sure that everyone has enough skills to do that properly? Uh, mm. uh, so we have some. Really great examples where, for instance, next week uh, there is in uh, Oxfam is is hosting what is called an institutional funding uh, uh, meeting, um, and that is one of the examples where I think the virtual reality of that meeting is much more interesting and better than uh, than the old ones which were face to face. Because and now, and now it is because if you look at the participants it is much more inclusive than it before inclusive, because yeah. many of the country, stuff in countries um, were short of budget to travel for these kinds of trips of um, or it was for other reasons difficult. And now it is not only yeah. uh, affiliates, country teams, regional teams, but it's also we're inviting partners to this conference. Mm. And so you see now that you know, so the, there's a much broader uh, level of participation. And that yeah. is possible also because it is virtual. Of course. Um, but of course, then it also means that the preparation, you know, it started a half a year ago to, you know, to really organize it as well. You know, this is not because it's virtual, you just do it. You know, no, it's, it no. even, maybe it's even more complex. No, though, And, and the
0: inclusivity of that creates other design and facilitation uh, uh Issues. They are both advantages, but they're also they're new. Yeah. the yeah. new challenges that yeah. needs yeah. to be overcome in how it is led and how it's designed yeah. and how it's yeah. yeah. prepared.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And language is one of them. That's always in, of course, hey, Sort of the the power and dominance of the of English as a, as a sort of a common language. Um, I think is an issue. But there, I think um, technology is moving fast. So um, I assume that. Uh, so now already with Google Translate or whatever program, you can easily translate a chat or whatever yeah, mm-hmm. uh, during. But but that will get better and better. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, and that that's that's also I think uh, if I look think about the future, uh, that's the opportunity side. Um, but it. The, the the other challenge is indeed sort of uh, yeah, sort of you know how do I feel part of a team? You know if I don't if I don't see them face to face, etc. Yeah. And, and especially, you know, I think when it all goes well, when we're on the celebrating mode, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, it's easier than when there is challenges, and that can be at organizational level, but also at personal level. You know, I was sick last year for a few months, and then you you realize that being in a virtual team. You know it's different when you're sick because you know no one is coming you know uh with with uh, yeah just true. to see me because you know your team is online so true. it's uh, yeah yeah and of course there are ways to deal with that but it it yeah it's there's these very concrete things that uh
0: very concrete yeah. I, I yeah. loved that aspect. I'd never thought about that but that is absolutely true. Now Monica you brought up a topic to the course and said, I would like us to discuss this and I would like some content on it. And that is inter-team virtual collaboration. Now, the the course is primarily focused on intra-team leadership, but very legitimately you said, well, how about inter-team collaboration in the virtual teams? Why did you bring that up in the course and what did you learn about it?
1: Yeah, well, for me... Uh, to be honest, that is the biggest challenge. Uh, the intra uh, team uh, virtual collaboration. Um, sorry, I need to interrupt. Did you say intra or in inter? Sorry, inter. sorry, yeah, I was I mixing, yeah, yeah, intra, sorry, right? yeah, I meant okay. inter and I said intra, sorry, yeah. Um, um, because I think, um, sort of with your own team, you know, it is quite not easy, but I think you know, they, they're easier ways you know to to plan regular calls um, as a team uh, you can agree on how you communicate hey you can um you can have regular uh, catch up with team members you know that's all in a clear you know um yeah it, it is a, a more a matter of organizing um but i think what in if you're all in one office or you see each other regular you have these um many connections with people that are not your primary team mm-hmm. but you because you're in the office you just you know you drink a coffee together you go for lunch it's all this informal um uh, that that sort of um yeah yeah that 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 uh and and often that is so important because it brings in that other perspective uh, yeah. that new insight uh oh yeah f- you know we think this but you know, in operations they think this, or you know. So, um, so uh, if I
0: can just stop you for a moment, what I hear you say is, um, is uh, you're missing these either impromptu, spontaneous, sometimes planned, but in the short in the in the short term or the short in the short notice, these where you bump into each other as teams and you hear about the perspective of, of another that you do need to take into account. Yeah, That's exactly. harder in the
1: virtual context? Yeah, 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 much harder. Yeah, yeah. And it's also in sort of, so we have a travel policy now, which is, you know, uh, n- n- uh, no travel um, except for, you know, really, um, yeah, I, I don't know how what the exact wording is, but uh, critical uh, trips. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, they, they are quite often, you know, with your core team or, you know, it is not this, well, let's for, for now, uh, you know, if we are programs, let's work, you have a session with the influencing team yeah. um, because it's not seen as sort of the business critical trip that, you know, if we don't do it. Yeah. Um, i got it. Yeah. So, and, it, so, and yeah, and that's a pity. Um, and, yeah. Um, and, and a risk also of disconnect. Mm-hmm. And that is, um, so if you take, and and so some of it is good, uh, but some there's a real risk. So like coming back to a travel and sort of in organizations like Oxfam, there's a lot, there's people from uh, affiliates visiting country programs. There's staff from regional platforms visiting country programs, but also the other way uh, around. and. And I think, um, although we should challenge some of these trips, whether they are really adding value eh? Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I'm not part of a decolonial setup or whatever, um, what they in general also contribute to is a sense of common, we we share something, common purpose, we are in this together, uh, um, uh, appreciation for each other. um yeah, really, you know you f- you feel part of a wider uh, a bigger part, the bigger Oxfam family or or Confederation, whatever you call it. But if you're in you know in one place, you don't travel a lot, you're dependent on on virtual connections, you know it, it, it a greater effort and new tools are needed to ensure exactly. that, that 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 connectivity remains. So one of the things we are experimenting with or piloting is sort of virtual country visits, uh, sort of uh, where a team mm. is sharing, but sort of, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and I think so there, there, there are possibilities. It's it's all possible. Uh, but, it's, but it needs to be intentionally re- yeah, recreated yeah. and yeah.
0: designed. For, yeah, yeah. yeah, and
1: also making time for it,
0: you know. And making <laughs> time for it because we're already very, very busy and that yeah. task orientation may well uh, prevent yeah. us from, yeah. from yeah. doing that again
1: yeah. and it's the category important but not urgent
0: exactly exactly yeah. well well said important but not urgent yeah but harmful in the long term yeah 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 um so across the course monica what to you if i can just ask you and 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 um just highlight one or two things that were for you the biggest eye openers or maybe a counterintuitive thing that you that you wouldn't have thought makes sense or that initially you would have never figured out, but that you took away from the course. Can you just pick one or two?
1: Yeah, well, at first, what comes to my mind um uh, because it's also about fun, huh? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what you enjoy, and and what surprises uh, you, or sort of, yeah, yeah. And um, and and uh, what I liked about the course, anyhow, was that um, there, you know. Y- in the re, you had the reading material, but you also had uh podcasts, mm-hmm. and um, and there are so many podcasts nowadays that, yeah, you know, it's really you know, it's really helpful if someone you know screens has, has a look and and selects some. And and the one that I enjoyed very much was one from uh Brene Brown, ah. and uh, what was the other, um, and I think her name is um, um, Priya. Per- Priya Parker, tell, right? Yeah, Parker. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, and and the, the podcast was called um, uh, uh, Meeting uh, uh, Makeover Makeover, and it was so funny. Um, but it, I think it it really thought you know, this and but also so so courageous because uh, uh, Brene Brown invited um, Priya Parker to, yeah, as a sort of external person to have a yeah. look at. Their team meeting, yeah. uh, and then ask questions, challenge how it how it is uh, organized and running, yeah. uh, and say how she would sort of um, yeah would uh, suggest to do it different. And I thought that is you know we you know often we're so used to. You know, this is how we do the meetings. This is how we do. And it has grown organically for yeah. good reasons. It yeah. was probably good in the past and uh, that was for it, it served you me. in the past. It served you in the past, but it's not necessarily you know the best for the future
0: yeah yeah
1: and that that funny form of you know uh, um, but also the yeah being courageous asking someone from outside yeah yeah just join and listen and ask critical questions and that one I enjoyed very much Uh, oh that's that's
0: fun to hear and uh, just for our listeners Priya Parker is is well known as a uh, facilitation experts. She has written, um, books about the, I think it's called the art of gathering. If I'm, uh, collect recollecting correctly. Uh, interesting. Yeah. I know you highlighted in the course. So, um, I think you've already in so many ways told me what is, some of the things you miss from working in co-located context and I know you still have a co-located context with your colleagues in in Oxfam Nova but still but what is the one of the biggest things you do not miss uh, from being in co-located teams all the time?
1: Yeah well I think that's a good question Tosca because I that's also what I said during the course a few times it's Sometimes in this discussion about virtual teams, it is all about the negativity, mm-hmm. uh, um, etc. And um yeah, it also has a lot of advantages, very, very basic, you know. Um yeah, um uh one and a half to two hours uh uh, uh travel time that I'm saving if I right. yeah um but also you know um you know, there's the spontaneous, nice uh, exchange, but there's also the ine- uh, ineffectivity of being in a room with three colleagues, where three at, at the same calling into a, hey, a call, and you, you know, you're irritated because you, you know, there's too much noise in in the room, or you can't yeah. focus, etc. So yeah, um, yeah, and and I think um, yeah, so that is um, um, what well, yeah, that's what is nice, and it is nice to sort of uh but that also depends on on one's uh situation at home but for me what i really love is you know you can mix a few things i i you know for instance my cooking for the evening i sometimes you know i start preparing you know during lungs already or yeah. a bit and then i do a bit because i need a tea break and i in the meantime you know do the cutting of the vegetables and yeah yeah and 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 that is with many things you just merge it a bit and a bit and organically organically and yeah uh, yeah, yeah of course
0: is. as you said well uh that depends on your home context right yeah, if yeah, you have yeah, a exactly a, yeah. a family running around in the home exactly it's, it's yeah. Yeah. incredibly difficult to yeah. to focus right and there is the, the the connectivity issue if that hasn't been addressed that there is the um Uh, noise pollution coming in from outside, et cetera, et cetera, cetera, that that we need to. So there's a lot of uh, also equity uh, aspects to this. There's so much, yeah. um, That we cannot do justice to in this particular conversation, but that are very interesting. And one of the things that I'm also interested in is parenthetically is the kind of connection between diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging and virtual teams. Um, where do virtual teams actually um, um, reinforce an organization's commitment to DI and belonging? And where do they actually, where does those, those concerns get, get harmed? Um, so maybe let's talk lastly um, a little bit about power. Power in teams and what does uh, what shifts Potentially, if anything in hybrid, uh, in hybrid or virtual teams, how does power show up? You've referenced it a little bit in terms of the inclusiveness of meeting. To you, is there something else you want to say about that?
1: Um, yeah. Well, I think um, I think this is for me one of the um, yeah sort of still a, a, a topic where you know, we, we need to pay more attention to, uh, to really understand, uh, how power uh, works in a virtual context. Um, and what are the, the key factors in that they, they might be different in, you know, in, whether you're in, in a virtual team or, or not. Um, and I think in, in INGOs, we anyhow have already many power issues, of course. um, course. Uh, so uh uh the north the south the the language the time zones is of course a critical one mm. um, but also the cultural um uh yeah sort of the the the, the ne- sort of cultural identity where someone is coming from and i think um what what you see with virtual is that the yeah, the, the, um, some people, you know, find it much more easy in a call with with many people, you know, to take the space, take hey, and 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 provide some input verbally, mm-hmm. uh, where others, you know, um, need much more. You know, I'm more for cultural reasons or for personal. Hey, you know the the more introverts or extrovert extrovert people. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it. You know that is much more. Uh, uh, might be more challenging for some in a virtual meeting. Although I have also heard people say that I'm more uh, uh, introvert, saying that they prefer yeah. the virtual because you know, yeah, it's not all being sitting in one room and, and etc. But I think it's unpacking uh, all of that. But you know, I, yeah, I I have seen people colleagues calling in from you know, from very difficult home situations where yeah. children were running around, et cetera. And so they couldn't focus well. Um, and and or the the connection hey, is still uh, very weak uh, and uh, yeah. or problematic, so that their point uh,
0: cannot come across. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. So they can't share their video because yeah. that is taking too much bandwidth. Band and we should underestimate what the, what the risk hey, is of of the fact that people are not contributing on an equal uh, way. So
0: footing.
1: Yeah, or equal footing. Yeah, exactly. That that's. Um, and and we need to be remain very sharp on that i think
0: uh, yeah, yeah yeah that's it. so that is definitely an area that we both need to um uh, need to reflect on and also document and and uh, especially ways of overcoming and of course facilitation ways can overcome this partially yeah. but there is a, that's i i totally agree with you. it's one of the uh, lesser walked roads that uh, in the virtual space that uh, that we need to do more work on. Well, Monica, we have to bring this a close. It's been fascinating as always. And I just want to emphasize, you really were a wonderful um, participant in our course and I learned a lot from you. So if other people like me are very curious about you, where should they go to learn more about you?
1: Well, I think it's uh, uh the, the quite usual space LinkedIn, uh, <laughs> but also Twitter. I I'm not an active um uh, per, I'm not active in the sense that I uh write a lot of uh tweets myself, but I do share uh, okay. um, and uh so um yeah that might might uh might be interesting. Might. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I I want to thank you uh, Tosca also for um, yeah, for the course because um sort of um i think um many people will recognize that we're all often so busy in mm-hmm. you know with our work so taking you know i think that the course besides the content what it really offers is a is a pause moment to reflect mm-hmm. uh to to be pushed to read a bit <laughs> because uh, we are often uh you know also so busy so um and, yeah. and I think, um, I, I really believe in, in the statement that, that what you give attention will grow. Um, mm. So by, you know, by giving attention through a course, um, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced. Um, that
0: your practice will grow exactly. and your, your attention to what happens in the virtual yeah, space yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. going, what you give attention to will grow. I like that, that um, sentence as well. Well, thank you so much, Monica, for that, uh, that uh, kind compliment. And thank you for all the insights you gave both in the course and in this podcast. And thank you, listeners, for checking in on us. If you found this podcast stimulating, listeners, be sure to check out other uh, episodes uh, on the podcast that you can find on my website, fiveoaksconsulting.org. And if you're interested to find out more about the course itself, we have uh, a separate website for that. That is fiveoaks.teachable.com. Be sure to future proof your career by investing in these essential skills and also to help you stand out from the crowd. And your theme, your team, sorry, will thank you. So this is Tosca. And I look forward to spending time with you next time on NGO Soul & Strategy. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you valued the content, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so that other leaders of social change organizations can find it too. And if you want to learn more, have a look at my website, fiveoaksconsulting.org, where you will find blog posts, recordings of interviews with me, as well as information about my co-authored book, Between Power and Irrelevance, The Future of Transnational NGOs. If you sign up for my email list, you will receive a free sneak peek at the book. Or feel free to email me at tosca at fiveoaksconsulting.org or contact me through my website and follow me on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Till we talk again at NGO Soul and Strategy, the podcast for NGO leaders and managers who look change right in the eye.